Welcome to Sigma Tiger News. We come get some of that hot juicy beef all up in your grill. Yeah, so this is where we come get that hot juicy beef. The Tiger's take on the news today. We got a couple of interesting stories for you. Let's go ahead and have a look. We're going to talk about mind reading AI. We all know artificial intelligence is advancing technologically and now apparently it can read our thoughts. Dangerous? I don't know. You decide. Pfizer fibbed. Hmm. Wonder what that could be about. Did they lie? Did they omit? What did they do? And California secret bio lab. Anybody hear about this? A rogue Chinese communist lab in California. We're going to pounce on all these hot takes. We've been off for a couple days, so happy holidays to all the non-Christians and Merry Christmas to all the Christians. Let's go ahead. Let's pounce. What do we got today? Boom. America First Legal slams IBM for racially discriminating against white and Asian Americans. So if you've been living under a rock and haven't been watching the Tiger, this is a follow-up from a story we had there last week where IBM uh, sent out a memo talking about like uh, the problem with whiteness. Okay? And how whiteness is... Uh, something more than just skin color it's like a cultural thing it's an ideology that uh white people are constantly taking over and colonizing things like this so a federal civil rights complaint has been filed against the company this is going to court so will they find out we'll see james o'keefe uh former head of uh, veritas which is a guerrilla um journalist muckraking anyway he was removed from that company by the board of directors and he opened up his own uh o'keefe media group omg and he released a recording on uh, x formerly twitter of ibm chief executive officer and board chairman arvind krishna in the recording krishna promises to fire demote or deny bonuses to corporate executives who either fail to meet the corporation's racial national origin and sex-based hiring quotas or who hire too many Asian individuals. Also, Paul Cormier, the chairman of IBM subsidiary Red Hat, admits that Red Hat terminated employees who failed to meet the corporation's unlawful racial, national origin, and sex-based quotas. You know, don't hire her. She's a woman. That's hot fire. You can't say that. Don't hire him. He's black. Again, racial discrimination. Don't hire him. He's white. Mm-mm. Totally fine. There's too many Asians. Asians have an advantage. There's too many here. Stop hiring Asians. So as a company, you know, I believe that you hire based off of qualifications and uh, characteristics aren't necessarily high on that list. He has Asian eyes. Who cares? The dude can program like crazy. They have white skin. They have brown skin whatever it don't matter so see you in court ibm and your wokeness is getting shut down all right what's next we'll keep you posted on that of course 
how many homeless people are in the U.S.? That's a great question. Homeless encampments are popping up everywhere. Boom. Philadelphia, California, New York, Chicago, Boston. You go, you find. They're everywhere. So the Department of Housing and Urban Development counted around 582,000 Americans experiencing homelessness in 2022. That's about 18 per 10,000. So if you live in a town of 10,000 people, 18 people in that town are probably living in a shelter or outside actually shelterless. So who's considered homeless? The HUD's definition of homelessness includes both sheltered and unsheltered people. So you could be living within a shelter or in a tent, for instance. Is that considered homeless? Absolutely. Uh, sheltered people are living in domestic violence shelters, transitional shelters, safe havens uh, that serve homeless individuals with severe mental illness, or hotels and motels, which seems to be the norm these days. Unsheltered people live outdoors in cars in abandoned buildings or other places not meant for human habitation. There you go. And there's half a million of them. And if you look at uh, the number of people in America, it's maybe like 350 million. Yeah, it's not a huge percentage. But when you're in the city and you're seeing it, it looks bad. So there's the deal. you got half a million homeless people in America out of 360, 390 million. Small percentage. All right. New mind reading AI translates thoughts directly from brainwaves without implants. So what's Elon thinking? He's got that uh, little brain chip that he's working on. Is it obsolete now? World first non-invasive AI system can turn silent thoughts into text while only requiring users to wear a snug fitting cap. Interesting. So I guess this cap would have some sort of electrodes in it that could read an electric impulse. Participants read silently while wearing a cap that recorded their brainwaves via electroencephalogram, EEG, and decoded them into text. So an EEG, uh, kind of like an EKG, echocardiogram, will measure the signals in your heart, and EEG will measure them in your brain. This research represents a pioneering effort in translating raw EEG waves directly into language, marking a significant breakthrough in the field. Absolutely. Like... And then here we have an image of the uh, actual cap with the electrodes itself. This is unbelievable. This is the stuff of science fiction. This is when Star Trek had the little and it would heal you. That's what's coming. It will. If humans have thought of it, they eventually will create it. Think about it. Touchscreens. Cordless. Wireless. All those things were fantasy 100 years ago. And now uh, children are being born and going up to TVs and trying to swipe them because they believe everything is touchscreen. So the future is now. It is today. Although D-Wave only achieved just over 40% accuracy based on one of the two sets of metrics in experiments conducted by Lynn and colleagues, this is a 3% improvement on the prior standard for thought translation from EEG recordings. So it might not sound like much, 40%, 3% increase, not much. The goal of researchers is to improve accuracy to around 90%. So is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Imagine. Every thought you have can be translated, recorded potentially, monitored. Tiger's not liking where this could be headed. So uh, we'll keep you posted on that. Absolutely. Moving right along, Pfizer fibbed. No way. If you're unaware, Pfizer uh, was charged with fraud or defrauding its customers, uh, basically stating certain things uh, their medication could do, and it didn't. 
specifically Vioxx. It was a medication that was uh, for heart, I believe, uh, or diabetes, perhaps. And this was causing strokes in young, healthy adults. So they got fined a couple of billion dollars, maybe three, maybe six. It was the largest amount any company was ever fined for misleading consumers. So is it in the realm of possibility that they could have done it again? Absolutely. Fool me once, shame on you. Fool me twice, shame on me. We're not having it. So here we have the vigilante fox on X. The Pfizer COVID-19 vaccine injected into billions of arms was not the same one used in fires Pfizer's clinical trials. There was a bait and switch, meaning they were like, here, would you like this? And when you went to grab it, they put something else in front of you. The old bait and switch. Trick you into coming, give you something different. The clinical trials tested process one, while the public received process two. So what does that mean? What they never told you is that process two was only tested on about 252 people instead of 40,000. They also didn't tell you that the vials were contaminated with plasmid DNA. What is that? A new study by Kevin McKernan and colleagues found the presence of billions to hundreds of billions of DNA molecules per dose in these vaccines. Using fluorometry, all vaccines exceeded the guidelines for residual DNA set by the FDA and the WHO of 10 nanograms per dose by 180 to 509 fold. So you would end up having... 1,880 nanograms per dose, or 50,000, or sorry, 5,090. So that's quite a large amount of excess. So what happened? In layman's terms, that's not 500%, that's 500 times the amount of residual DNA that is accepted. Uh, repost for informative comment. Pfizer deliberately deceived regulators about SV40 contamination of COVID shots, scientists say. So as well, this here is the, uh, the author of that tweet. Uh, they also believe that SV40, which is uh, the simian virus that was part of the polio vaccine that caused a whole bunch of adverse reactions and they ended up removing it from that vaccine, is actually in the COVID vaccine. So uh, it's been reported, Health Canada has come out and it confirmed that uh, SV40 was in the Pfizer shots. So if you're curious about what that is, type in SV40 into your Google search browser and begin your own research. We'll keep you posted on that. Does COVID prefer the gut now? COVID is a rep respiratory disease, you know, all up in your lungs and your esophagus. What else? You know, surging virus detections in wastewater prompts scientific debate. So what's a debate? When people start talking about things. Something that's very important for science is to express your ideas and talk about them maybe do some experiments and observations and come to a conclusion and then try to repeat so you can actually have evidence. Spiking COVID-19 cases detected in wastewater have prompted some scientists to ask whether JN1, the strain driving an explosive winter surge, is selectively targeting people's intestinal tracts. So, you know, apparently, if you've been watching, your gut health has a lot to do with the rest of your body. Who would have guessed? Food you're consuming affects your gut health, and then your gut health affects the rest of your body. It is one of our major systems, our digestive system. We have a cardiovascular system. We have an endocrine system. We have a respiratory system. And all of these are very important. Our digestive system is one of the most important. And there's lots of bacteria in there. The bacteria can be good, breaking stuff down. could be bad if it's imbalanced, okay? And that's what's gonna cause like IBS, irritable bowel syndrome, or like colon issues, 
all kinds of stuff like that. If you eat McDonald's fries or processed meats, things like that, well, guess what? You're going to get sick eventually. Some people get sick right away. Some people's bodies are more tolerant of those things. So they're talking about this as the mode of entry has diverged significantly from what we saw in 2020. It's presently the peak of this trajectory. JM1 is the fastest growing variant to emerge in the past two years. WHO designated it a variant of interest Tuesday. Things are accelerating. The wave is, so here's the clue. An increase in emergency room visits and other medical use data will offer clues to the severity of the illness. Yeah, it's nothing. Nothing's changed. But what they think is that it's attacking the gut a little bit more than um, the respiratory system. So it provides a plausible explanation for the change and why JN might prefer the GI tract, the gastrointestinal. They're talking about diarrhea uh, reported, uh, tracking that. Uh, coronavirus has long shown that adept infecting the gut. The trend away from lower lung infection has been observed since Omicron. So yeah, basically the alpha virus or the alpha wave was affecting your lower lung, your lower respiratory tract. The new viruses like Omicron were attacking your upper respiratory tract and that's why less people were dying. They weren't developing pneumonia and fluid in their lungs. It was more upper respiratory esophageal, things like that. Now, GI tract. People are getting uh, diarrhea and other issues. So we'll keep you posted on the, uh, the COVID evolution. All right, Catholic Women's College in Indiana reverses policy change allowing applicants who identify as women. So this college came out and said, all right, anyone who is a woman or has been identifying as a woman for a period of time making it believable that they want to be a woman or feel that they are a woman, then we're going to go ahead and we're going to consider those applications. You don't automatically get in, but we're going to look at them. So, you know, the tiger being a male, if I felt a little frisky, you know, and I want to be a female, if I can convince them that I'm a woman and I've been identifying, they're going to let me into their school. So, They've gone ahead and reversed that. St. Mary's College in Notre Dame, Indiana reversed a recent decision to allow biological males to attend the university if they have a history of identifying as a woman. President Katie Comboy told the faculty about the policy change in an email obtained by Fox. St. Mary's will consider undergraduate applicants whose sex assigned at birth is female or who consistently live and identify as women. Not a weekend thing. If you're a drag artist or, um, you know, a cross-dresser, then that doesn't count. So anyway, uh, it drew harsh criticism from people like Fort Wayne South Bend Bishop, Kevin Rhodes, who reportedly urged the school to reverse course because the policy went against Catholic teachings. Absolutely. Uh, you know, homosexuality is looked at as a sin, uh, laying with uh, a similar gender again. Uh, it's not wrong to have the proclivity of these feelings. That's not the Christian way. The Christian way is just saying that when you act upon them, is sinful. To feel like a woman or feminine or to feel uh, attracted to the same gender. It's not wrong. It's, in Christian eyes, Catholics specifically, it is absolutely wrong to um, indulge in that desire. That would be sinful. 
Moving right along, only half of Ford dealers agreed to sell EVs next year. We talked last week about Buick having to buy out 46% of nationwide uh, dealers because they refuse to sell EVs. Why? Well, it's simple. They get their cars on consignment. So I'm like, hey, I'm a Ford dealer. I want to get a bunch of new these new Fords. I want Escapes. I want Expeditions. I want Mustangs. And they're like, yeah, well, guess what? You got to put like 25% of the cars on your lot have to be EVs. So the guy goes, hmm, okay, let me just check the books. And he looks at the numbers and he says, well, not even 25% of our sales are EVs. We've only sold like 1%. So you're telling me that like 25% or one quarter of the cars I have on my lot are just going to sit there and depreciate? Well, I don't think so. That's like a franchise like McDonald's going ahead and saying, hey, guess what? We're going to start selling McHot Dogs. But the McHot Dogs are going to be gross and no one's going to want to buy them. But guess what? You got to advertise them because it's our new product and we want it pushed out there. So the franchisees may get together and say, hmm, we disagree and mutinize against the uh, brand. So here, half of all Ford dealers agree to sell EVs next year. Only half. So, in turn, the other half have decided not to sell. Just like Buick. And why? Because these things aren't moving. They're taking up space and depreciating. So, like I said, you get these cars on consignment, meaning that they give them to you for a price. This car is valued at 20000 Your MRSP, your manufacturer's retail sale price, or suggested retail sales price is 60,000. Okay? So that guy's like, "Okay, if I sell this car at sticker price, I'm going to make 40 grand." Well, guess what? If that car's sitting on your lot for 2-3 months, imagine 2-3 years, that 60 grand you're not going to be able to get that anymore. You might be able to get 40 or 55, but you still owe that 20 on consignment. So imagine it goes lower and lower and it actually reaches 20. The car's value is only 20, but that's what you pay for it. So it's actually taking up space where you could be selling something else. That's all. The fee to have it on your lot is depreciation. All right, investigating leads to additional details regarding the mastermind behind Secret Chinese Biolab in California. So if you have no idea what's going on in the world today, guess what? There's Secret Chinese Biolabs in the U.S. Epoch Times, which is considered kind of like a fringe... Uh, media site, breaking stories all the time. Let's see. Jia Bay, Jesse Zhu, the person behind the black market biolab discovered in California. Epoch Times investigation has revealed further details. The secret biolab operated in a warehouse in Reedley, California, about 25 miles southeast of Fresno. It was discovered on December 19th, 2022. So over a year ago it was discovered. In the warehouse, Mr. Harper discovered thousands of vials of infectious agents, including coronavirus, chlamydia, E. coli, streptococcus pneumonia, HIV, hepatitis, herpes, rubella, and malaria. So this Chinese dude had all kinds of these live vials of infectious agents within this illegal biolab. He was arrested in California in charge of manufacturing and distributing misbranded medical devices and for making false statements to the FDA. He filed a suit against the city of Reedley for $30 million and against the county for $50 million 
prospect of having a conversation with the city leaders regarding his claims was used to entice him to show up at the warehouse and have him arrested on the spot by FDA agents with automatic machine guns in their hands. Right. So he went ahead and uh, filed a suit against uh, <laughs> these uh, authorities. And they basically said, yeah, well, we'll meet you down at the warehouse. And then they arrested him. Uh, Mr. Jew had claimed that he was a consultant named David He, hired to help get Universal Meditech and Prestige Biotech out of the trouble they were in. Prestige Biotech is the company that owns the Biolab in Reedley. So he was he claims that he was hired on to help the company, but he was using an alias and he was uh, storing these things unlawfully. I'm not sure if it's stupidity, arrogance, or some long con that we simply haven't figured out, but it certainly is confounding and baffling to me, said Mrs. Ziba. I can't figure out what he was thinking in suing the city, pretending to be someone else and bringing attention to himself, which ultimately led to his arrest. Yeah. So this guy's obviously not uh, the sharpest tool. All right, what do we got here? Christmas tree, 65-foot Christmas tree, falls in a crowded city, killing a passerby. God rest your soul. Uh, very unfortunate turn of events. A woman in Belgium was fatally injured when a Christmas tree fell into a crowded city square. The incident happened during a storm that brought heavy rain and strong winds across northern Europe. 65-foot tree collapsed onto three people in a busy Christmas market in Uidenard in western Belgium late Thursday. Security camera footage. Let's have a look. Here's the tree. You can see it beginning to lean. It's toppling, and there it goes. Unfortunately, fatally injuring a passerby and injuring two others. And a 63-year-old woman uh, passed away, and like I said, God rest your soul. Rest in peace. Charlie Sheen, the, uh, the king of tiger blood, you know, he's got a little soft spot in my heart just based off of that, even though he's like a, a serial uh, uh, a drug abuser and a womanizer. Charlie Sheen was attacked by a neighbor who forced her way into his home, say authorities. Charlie Sheen's neighbor has been arrested after she allegedly tried to choke him when a dispute between the two erupted in Los Angeles home Wednesday. LA Sheriff's Department confirmed Friday that the two and a half men, alum, 58, was allegedly attacked by a 47-year-old woman who had forced her way into his home. Law enforcement sources told the outlet that once Sheen opened the door to the woman, who was his neighbor, after hearing a knock, she ripped his shirt and attempted to choke him. After the ordeal, the woman, who has not been named, returned to her own house, where she was later arrested and booked for assault with a deadly weapon and burglary. It's unclear what caused the allegation, the alleged altercation to take place. Sheen dialed 911. Paramedics arrived. He was not taken to hospital. So we have an image of Charlie smoking a dart, tried to choke him. Here he is, looking 58. It's not the first time the actor had an issue with the woman, insiders added. Sheen reportedly told cops that the same woman squirted some sticky liquid on his car recently and dumped trash in front of his door the day before the attack. We've reached out to uh, him for comment and nothing. So he's been sober for nearly six years. Congratulations, Charlie, after quitting alcohol to focus raising on his kids, and not to mention the fact of an HIV diagnosis. Next month, I'll be six years sober. I have a very consistent lifestyle now. It's about a single dad stuff and raising my 14-year-old twin boys, Max and Bob. Well, a little bit of a, a, a nice story, a turnaround for Charlie Sheen there. Well done, sir. I'm glad you're okay. Follow-up on a story of a British boy found after six-year disappearance admits he's been lying about his escape. So what happened? I've been lying to try and protect my mom 
and Granddad says Alex Batty, now 17, as he breaks the silence about his disappearance and what really happened when he ran away from the commune where he allegedly lived with his mother and grandfather. 17-year-old teen from England who was just found after disappearing in Spain in 2017 is opening up about running away from the commune he's allegedly been living at with his mom and grandfather. Alex Batty, now a teenager, went missing while on vacation with his mother and grandfather six years ago. Batty was just 11 when he disappeared and subsequently reported missing before he was found in French town of Revel, east of Toulouse, France, last week. The boy claimed he had been walking for days when a delivery, delivery driver picked him up on the side of the road. He said he'd been living in a kind of interant community. Itinerant. He wasn't under any compulsion, but he said he found his mother a bit weird and decided he didn't want this kind of life and that he wanted to set up his own path. That's why he decided to leave. Now, Batty himself is speaking out in an interview with The Sun, providing the outlet with photos of what he looks like now and revealing he's been lying about his escape. According to the teenager, he wasn't walking around lost for four days and four nights. He initially claimed he instead always knew where he was and was trying to throw off authorities. I've been lying to try and protect my mom and granddad, but I realized that they're probably going to get caught anyway. I pretend, I pretended I had been on such a long journey for that reason. My plan was to get to Toulouse so that I could get as far away as possible. But I was so knackered when the delivery driver picked me up, I just blurted out a story. Batty told the son he had made a run for it after a big fight with his mother and deciding he was done with her pain-in-the-ass lifestyle. We had a stupid argument about nothing, he told the outlet. My mom can argue about anything, so it doesn't take much. She is very set in her views. I just had enough and thought, that's it, I'm leaving. Those views, he said, included being anti-vax and anti-government, with Batty saying he left behind a note for his mom as he took off. Hey mom, I want you to know I love you very much. I am very thankful for the life that you provided me for over the past few years. Don't worry about yourselves. I am sure you won't get found. Don't worry about me either. You know I can take care of myself. I love you very much. Don't be too mad with me. He went on to tell the outlet that while his mother is a good person, she's not a great mom. He wanted to have a decent home and a future because it's no way to live. So he wasn't appreciative of the life that his mother was providing. So he cheesed it and kind of lied about it so they wouldn't get caught. Boom. All right. Following up from a story last week, this is our final story of the day. Long Island squatters, the Polacks, who hadn't paid mortgage in over a decade, appear to move out after being exposed by the Post. Feels like a Christmas miracle. Moving in. A pair of allegedly racist Long Island squatters who hadn't paid their mortgage in more than a decade appear to have finally moved out a week after their abuse of the court system was exposed by the Post. So, they had a mortgage, they didn't pay it, the bank foreclosed, they still didn't move once the uh, house was sold to the new uh, owners who planned on moving their pregnant sister in. And guess what? Mr. Chala couldn't get the Polacks out. Well, they put it in the news, they got put on blast, and now apparently they've left. It feels like a Christmas miracle. I can't believe it. I did feel a sense of relief, but I won't be satisfied until I have possession of my home. This guy is not to be trusted. So Barry and Barbara Polak, if you are aware of these people, watch out. And Bobby Chala, congratulations. We love the fact that you are uh, taking possession of your home very shortly. And that's the news for today. If you like what you saw, hit the like, hit the subscribe. Get this five days a week, Monday through Friday. You want to know who the man behind the mask is? Subscribe. 10,000 subs, mask comes off. I want to thank all my day oneers for coming back. Thank all my Sig Tigs for joining the community. This community is for you. So throw a comment down there. Tell me what you like. You live local somewhere? You want stories about that place? Throw it in there. You got a story that you want me to cover? Go ahead. Throw it in the comments. 
Sigma Tiger, signing off.